This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, folks. On the road to 200. It is Thursday, March 9th. The greatest rapper of all time died on March 9th. It's not up for debate. It's a lyric. It's a lyric. It's a lyric. I was, I was about to start debating. I mean, it's, it's I, a lyric. Exactly that. You Can know whose lyric? You, you know yeah. whose lyric that is. Yeah, I know, yeah. Second I, I round you, knockout, dog. I knew you would. I knew you would. <laughs> the Nets win three in a row. Good little win streak. We're right there in the standings with you know who across the uh, river and bridges. Brooklyn Bridges makes history. Sean Marks is expected to come back as GM. No surprise. KD out for six weeks. Kyrie went live on Twitch. We got to play against the Bucks. No Giannis tonight. We're resting players. We'll talk about all of that coming up on a new Talking Nets. Hit the music, Alex. Wait, wait, wait. We're doing that Brooklyn Nets, Brooklyn talk. Nets talk right here on Talking Nets. Brooklyn, we go hard. We go, go hard. Talking Nets. Hosted by Keith McPherson, Robin Lundberg, and Hudson Flynn. Yes, sir. Welcome back to Talking Nets, episode 199. The next one will make 200. And I know we've probably done like 215 episodes, but it's a cool little uh, milestone coming up for podcasts that uh, survived a lot of changes and twists and turns, specifically with the team, not just us. But I'd like to welcome in Hudson Flynn and Robin Lumberg. What's up, fellas? You know, I'm feeling uh, better and better about the Nets Suns trade every day. That's that's how I'll start. Nets basketball more fun than people thought it was going to be for sure. A three a three game winning streak, beating the teams we're supposed to beat. You know, plus a a, a real nice one over Boston to snap that losing streak. It's a good time to be a Nets fan. Don't know what's going to happen tonight. Don't know what's going to happen uh, with the Giannisless Bucks. But as of right now, 3.37 p.m. on Thursday, March 9th, I'm happy to be a Nets fan. The basketball gods, they are working in interesting ways. We'll get to some of that later on in the episode. But today is March 9th. We're a Brooklyn Nets podcast. We spend time in Brooklyn. And a legendary rapper from Brooklyn died today, many years ago. One notorious big and as you see pictured there those legendary brooklyn coogee jerseys what other nba franchise 
can honor a hip-hop legend. Whether you think he's a goat or not is up for debate. I don't really care to debate it, but when I go on WFAN after the game tonight, we'll definitely have some instrumentals lined up to pay tribute to the Notorious. Other than that, you guys remember those uniforms? Uh, weigh in on your thoughts on uh, Biggie. And nobody go ahead and say the thing that every Knicks fan say. Oh, if you listen to Biggie rap, he was a Knicks fan. He wouldn't have been a Brooklyn Nets fan. Well, first of all, Biggie is, you know, undisputably one of the greatest rappers of all time. Unfortunately, you know, his career wasn't that long, which it hurts him. It's not his fault, obviously. But as far as um, Biggie's work itself, I, I always wonder the question, life after death or ready to die? Which is the preference? Because I, I'm of the general preference that that when you still have the rawness, but you add the polish is when you're at your best. And I would go with life after death because I could I could make the case that really no album has a slugging percentage as high as life after death. On base percentage, there are other projects. But a slugging percentage, when you got kick in the door and you got, uh, no you know, skips. Yeah, and all the records that are that are on that album. Um, uh, that's, that's his, uh, magnum opus, if you will. In my For me, I, I was going to say that album too, only because I lived that album more. I was a little bit older. I can remember having the cassette tape. I can remember like listening to that album with my brother who was 10 years older than me. So like that really was his era. Um, I don't think Hudson was alive for that time. He, he really can't weigh in on any of that. I can't. And, and look, I, I, I will say, honestly, it really was with the Brooklyn Nets because, uh, you know, you have to remember the Nets moved to Brooklyn when I was a lot younger uh, than you guys were. And it was with the Brooklyn Nets kind of like embracing that culture that I kind of got to experience that obviously in a different way to you guys. But I think, you know, kind of like Robin said, it, it's really cool to be able to see the Nets embrace not only Biggie, but also just rap culture in general. Obviously, Jay-Z being involved with the Nets. But, I mean, I can think back to St. John being at the Nets' first game after they had the clean sweep at halftime. I think, and that was kind of before St. John blew up. Yeah. And it's just been, it's it's awesome to see the way the Nets have embraced that, you know, a, a culture that's obviously so prom prominent in Brooklyn and kind of in a unique way across the NBA. They're They're really plugged into that. You know what I found the other day? I found a, a Carter Nets jersey, not Vince, Sean, uh, from the opening uh, concerts, like eight Number of them. Number four. Yeah, in a row. And it's got like a little bit of like a car. I don't know how it got stained. And I was asking my wife if she could figure out how to get the stain out of it because I would rock that again. Oh, yeah. Until I can get the Brooklyn Bridges joint. You know, <laughs> in the meantime. That's I timeless. You yeah. don't have to worry about him getting <laughs> traded like <laughs> <laughs> no, he belongs to Brooklyn, you know, Bed-Stuy's finest. Marcy Projects, Bed-Stuy would be, you know, some, but you, you get the point. Anywho, uh, you know, just always want to give credit and uh, flowers and, uh, you know, Notorious B.I.G., his life was cut too short. We, we really don't know what he would have been if he got a run like some of these other rappers, but for our purposes with the Brooklyn Nets, I've always thought it was super cool that, you come to Brooklyn, you hear Biggie instrumentals, you hear Who Shot Ya, you know, you hear Hypnotize, you, you know, and those jerseys are iconic, the uh, Coogee jersey. I never got one, never got one. I was broke when they first came out. The, the white ones I didn't like, 
and you can't find one now. So if anyone has one, I'll trade you a uh, Kyrie uh, light blue 91. <laughs> I could potentially trade you a Kevin Durant 2022. Hit me up. Uh, getting into the basketball uh, of things. The Nets went three in a row. And I said in the open, they lost four in a row. A three-game win streak here. All in double digits. You know, you you beat the Celtics. That's what fired us up, right? You beat the Celtics last Friday by 10. Then you go on handle business Sunday at home against the Hornets. And then you go to Houston and handle business against the team you're supposed to beat. Goodwill. And it's the team getting a chance to practice. It's the team getting a chance to gel. A team getting their identity together. And when you look at those standings, I said that in the open, we're right there. So, it was a, a rough two weeks, I would say, in New York for Nets fans having to hear it from the orange and blue. Um, but they, uh, you know, couldn't handle the Hornets. And when you look at the standings right now, it's neck and neck. And that's what I feel like the Nets have to do. Survive every week. Don't drop. Don't have a bad week and drop too far out of it. And fight for that sixth or fifth seed and try to avoid the play in the rest of the way. Obviously, we'll talk about the team uh, getting some rest tonight as this road trip continues in Milwaukee. But what are you guys' thoughts now on the last three games, getting a little win streak and uh, feeling better about your Brooklyn Nets? Well, you know, look, uh, first of all, it's the same story, right? The the good thing is they're beating the teams that they should beat, the Hornets, the the Rockets, the the great win against the Celtics, uh, and they're finding their identity. But the the story remains Bridges. I mean, that's what we talked about on the, the last episode, and that's a great thing because it means the consistency is starting to be shown by him. And you, you see him making plays out of the pick and roll now as a ball handler and little things like throwing the lobs to Claxton. I thought it was telling after the game when Claxton said, keep seeing more aspects of his game because he's learning how to play make now. And Joe Harris called him a five tool player. You know, this is a guy who's averaging 30 points this month, 25 or more since he came to the Nets. I had to text, I texted Bruco during the game because he, he kept referencing that one stat. And, of course, I wanted to, you know, uh, troll my my uh, Knicks fans' friends and my other Nets hater fan friends w- with that stat about Bridges. And you know, he had to not miss free throws at the end of the game. But the first player in NBA history to average 25 or more on 50-40-90 shooting in the first 10 games with the new team. And that 50-40-90 shooting is telling, too, because it, it displays um, his, his skill level with that shot. And in those mid-range pull-ups and the thing that he's adding to his game now, which is the pull-up three-point shot, which I think he's shooting at 45%. So when you factor in the way this guy plays defense, the fact that he competes, never misses a game. By the way, we're going to talk about players sitting. Bridges is not somebody who's sitting. Uh, in contrast to, unfortunately, the guy that he was traded for and, and how often he has missed games, not to mention the age difference there. You have to, I mean, you can't be anything else other than thrilled. And and I I try not to get too ahead of myself, but whenever I have people try to knock me down, you know, say it's only 10 games or whatever, you know, he's doing it on a a team that doesn't have that much talent. It would be strange not to be excited about Mikhail Bridges. If you're an S fan, like it would be strange. Yeah. And he's showing that not only has he shown that consistency, but he's shown that ability to adapt. And Robin, you referenced the fact that he's been adding, throwing lobs to clacks to his game. That is something that comes down to a real ability to adapt because 
even going back to the James Harden trade, it took James Harden, some consider to be one of the greatest passers in NBA history, a long time to figure out how to get the timing down uh, on a lot of those lobs that he was throwing uh, to Clax and to others. And so it, it's the little things too, not just the points, not just the rebounds, not just the assists, the blocks, the steals, et cetera. It is all of it. And it's all of the things that he's doing to help the Nets win games, right? I have to get on him a little bit. Last game he played kind of looked like he was hunting for that 30 points, didn't have his best shooting performance, kind of knocked those stats down a little bit. But he has been putting the Nets in a position to win just about every game they've played. And you have to think back not only to this winning streak, but also to games against the Hawks, to games beyond this win streak where we have the Sixers in that first game, where we have been in a position to win games because of not just Mikhail Bridges, but to a large extent, Mikhail Bridges. And when you look at the trade, when you look at the trade, I understand why a lot of people say, well, you're never going to get equal value for Kevin Durant. But I would challenge you, before we see how the draft picks turn out, all of that, the trade is not, is not you know a close story. It's only been 10 games. But I would challenge you to find a more equivalent return for a superstar player in a trade in NBA history because Mikael Bridges is putting up KD stats. Like I Mikhail, said before, right? If it was a one for one, you wouldn't be mad, would you? One. From, a, from a stats Apparently perspective, it actually <laughs> is, is basically one to one, you know? And we will talk about the Kevin Durant injury. We will talk about Mikael Bridges' availability and the contrast between those two. But the fact that we got Mikael Bridges, and I tweeted this the other day, we got Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson, who I think we should sign to a long-term deal. And picks. And four first-round <laughs> picks. And we flipped Jay Crowder. I mean, that is, that's unreal. And say what you will, and we'll talk about this as well, about Sean Marks maybe coming back and being extended and staying sticking around in Brooklyn for a couple more years. That's in Marks we trust, right? That's GM wizardry. That is we have no choice but to trust a home this run. man. All right, go ahead and you flash the. Uh, about it, but yeah, throw it up. Flash the uh, Mikael Bridges graphic so we can give this guy his flowers. First player in NBA history to average twenty-five points per game on fifty percent shooting from the field, forty percent shooting from three, and ninety percent shooting from the free throw line in his first ten games with the team. Historic. This is a young man who they asked. Who was your favorite player growing up? Who'd you idolize? And he thought about it and laughed and he said, Kevin Durant. Bro is looking like KD. When I see him hit them mid-range shots, when I see him get 30 with ease and I look up. The three-point pull-up is almost identical to KD's three-point pull-up, actually. So I can't be mad at that from glass man to iron man. And I got love for KD. I love watching KD hoop. I'm honestly disappointed because I enjoyed that game Sunday Suns versus Mavs and KD had his best game in a Suns uniform. I know it's only been a couple games, but to see him go down like that, we'll 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 save it for the end of the uh pod. Next up on our agenda is Sean Marks, who I said we have no choice but to trust in Sean Marks. Here on Talking Nets, we made shirts that said in Marks we trust. Even though this summer I was like, Sean Marks, I trusted you and you screwed everything up. He's coming back, despite the whole Kevin Durant and Kyrie saga, despite James Harden, and I think what the worst stain on his resume is Ben Simmons. They trust him 
with these picks to do what he's done before. He will be in charge of this next rebuild. Rebuild. I feel like Joe Side has no other. He he. Josiah isn't connected like that. He's got no other where to, other place to go. No other guy in mind. Nowhere to turn to for a replacement or to even search for a replacement. They're in lockstep. How do you guys feel about Sean Marks being your GM on this next rebuild and the future of this Nets world? Well, if you go back to why in Marks we trust was the thing. The why of that is important because the reason he became a, a cult hero amongst Nets fans is the way I put it is he he emerged from a, a bomb shelter and rebuilt civilization, right? Because the Nets had no assets. They I, I think he said when the trade went down, now I have draft picks. After the KD or KG, I'm sorry, uh, trade and, and all that, one of the worst trades in NBA history as far as what it actually got the Nets versus what they gave up and, and what it helped set the, the Celtics up for. So the, the fact that he was able to put them in the position that they were in is why he got all the praise. Then he brings in the superstars. And really, the, the Nets probably should have won a title in 2021 and didn't. There's an issue with Kyrie Irving being who he is. And, and that, you know, kind of led to the downfall of everything with the Brooklyn Nets. But I, I don't put that all on Sean Marks. Now, they, maybe they could have held Kyrie more accountable during that time period. Boy, wait, wait, yeah. wait, Robin. You see Kyrie for three hours a night and you think you know 15 other guys about- in that locker room. Wait, I, I think you're confused. I'm kidding. I'm trolling because of the live stream last night. <laughs> not our problem anymore, right? Uh, not Sean Marks' problem anymore. But this was not a surprise because because of a few things. One, he, he did get to make these trades, and, and you know he's the one that, that pulled these off, and, and it's looking like the Suns trade is going to be a Grand Slam home run. But more importantly, I think the biggest signal that this was going to happen was the extension for Doc Vaughn. You don't extend the head coach – with plans to bring in a new general manager because you would think the new general manager would be hiring his guy as head coach. And I think, I think that's a great point because one of the things that I think a lot of people miss when they say we want Sean Marks to be fired, I'm not even going to humor the Joe side stuff because it's just ridiculous. He's not selling the team, obviously. Um, I think what a lot of people miss is that when a new GM comes in, new GMs want the team to be their team. They wanted to be guys they drafted, they traded for, they developed. If you're getting a new GM at this point, you're committing the Nets, I would have to say, to a serious rebuild. Not just the retool that we're doing now. It's a serious rebuild because they are trying to bring in players and coaching staff and whoever onto the team to do something completely new, something completely different. So, okay, yes, let's say they do fire Sean Marks. There's going to be a lot of sadness and annoying and bad times as a Nets fan for significantly longer than the route that we're on right now. And we got Ramon Castro's comment on the tweet on the screen. We're keeping Sean Marks like the Yankees are keeping Brian Cashman. I don't see that. I don't see that. I don't see that. Can I argue that Brian Cashman's done a good job? The Yankees are in the playoffs every season. He's done the best job of any GM in New York. (laughs) I mean, like, for 20 years. Every single season. That's the GM can't guarantee a championship that could put you in contention for a championship consistently. And not for nothing, you got to give Sean Marks credit because all the things you're complaining about are things that only happened because he was the guy in charge, right? There's a little bit of hypocrisy there about, oh, well, he didn't know how to handle Kyrie Irving. Well, Kyrie Irving was only a net because Sean Marks made him a net, right? I guess. I don't hate Sean Marks. I think he had a ton of bullshit to deal with, bro. 
I think every day he lost sleep over what was going on um, in this superstar era. I look at Josiah a little differently, but Sean Marks is a good GM, and um, he's not going to mess this up. I don't think you can mess this up. Like, we'll talk later. Like, we have the Suns' first-round pick, so we'll see. But, yeah, Sean Marks is coming back. He's your GM. And like Hudson said, if you do go to another GM, talk about rebuild. That's a whole culture rebuild. That's changing the whole establishment. Like, I've connected with the Nets and people in the building and um, got to meet Sean Marks. I just showed you the picture. Like, it's fine. Sean Marks, I understand people are uh, mad about Katie and Kyrie not working out. What did I tell you? That will wear more on them than us. And already a couple weeks later, um, I'm already right. All right. Now, people have been waiting. So uh, let's go to, uh, you know, what I think this podcast, the meat of it will be right now. Uh, Alex, roll the videos, whatever you have from. Let's start with with uh, KD, actually, not not Kyrie, um, because it, I, of sports atheists. You start to wonder about basketball gods you do. and all of those things that yes. people talk about. and You shake your head and it doesn't exist. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. And they what hate is, us. They what hate they, our what, guts. Clearly they do. But why? I don't know. I don't know. What Ari- did we ever do to them? Arizona is a state of sports atheists. You start to wonder about basketball. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline god a lot like i i I base my entire like life and existence off of my belief in god but in sports fandom i do believe that god governs specific baseball gods basketball gods football god's got a lot going on you know he has some guys that he trusts out there to handle business and to watch over uh you know certain realms of things the voices you just heard those are people that speak on arizona sports radio and they are feeling like the basketball gods have done something to them. That sounds like Nets fans have felt like, oh, KD can't stay on the court. Oh, here we go with Kyrie. The the big three can't uh, be on the floor together. This universe wasn't ready for a big three. The basketball gods are cursing the Brooklyn Nets. We can never have anything nice. It's nice to not have to worry about this anymore. And I'll pass it around, but I'll say this. No one is celebrating this man's injury. I don't think there's one Nets fan that saw that video and didn't say, yo, that's like, I don't think any Nets fan said, yeah, KD's hurt because it doesn't affect our team. It doesn't affect our chances. And whether you hate uh, KD, Kyrie or whatever, that, that has nothing to do with injury. You don't root for injury. But I do feel like 
there's something about karma, you know. Um, there, there's a saying like revenge is the Lord's work. Like you're not supposed to seek revenge. You're supposed to let things happen how they happen to people for what they've chosen to do, what they've said, their actions. And I couldn't help but think last night, I'm live on air and I'm talking about a bunch of things in sports and I see that clip about 35 minutes after it happens. And I had just been talking about how Mikael Bridges is an Iron Man. He played 365 games. Not knocking KD. I don't and I literally said on air, I don't want to call him frail because when you call somebody frail, like that's a term we use, like, I'll beat your ass. You, you, you're hella frail. I'm not, I'm not looking at like KD's injury right there and, and attributing that to him being frail. That is an issue with whoever's cleaning and, and wiping down the floors. That never happens in Brooklyn. Shout out to my guy Doug Barak who has plenty videos of KD warming up. I myself have been in Brooklyn to watch KD's warm up. You should, you know, if you never got the chance, it might be too late now, but you should watch KD warm up if you ever get a chance. Like, when they say he does everything full speed, he's got his own routine, he does. That sucks to see him go down like that. But imagine if he did that in a Nets uniform after coming back from being out eight weeks where we would be. Iron Man versus Glass Man. Mikael Bridges got hurt in the game against Boston, up in Boston. He went out, walked it off, came back in and finished the game. KD is about to miss four to six weeks. That changes their fortunes. They just gave up Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, and multiple picks to go all in and win a championship this year, right? Like this year. KD is going to be there for a few more years, but KD is turning 35 this year. So if he's already fragile, if he's already you know, had Achilles, hamstrings, MCLs, now an ankle. As you get up there in age, I'm telling you, boys, I'm the same age as KD. It's, it's, it's tough, bruh. You can't run the same. You can't jump the same. You, just sleeping the wrong way could hurt you. So we don't have to worry about that anymore. And I can't help but think, like, there's a little bit of karma in that. KD did not shit on the Brooklyn Nets on his way out. But he did try and paint the picture again. And he, I think he said too much. I wish KD said less because he said so much about, listen, like, I don't have anything to prove to y'all. You know, driving bus. I don't have to drive a bus. You know, I'm doing what's best for me. I didn't know who my teammates were going to be. All of this stuff that he said to explain his situation and getting out to what he thought was a better situation. There are things that are outside of your control. He was able to force the trade and control where he specifically wanted to go. And somehow, he's played maybe three or four games for the Suns, and he's out for the rest of the regular season, and that's going to affect them in their standings, in the seating, and then going into the playoffs if he's not right. Well, first of all, I hope he's okay. I, and I hope he gets back sooner rather than later. Nobody wants to see anybody get hurt. Um, I, I won't go far as far to say karma. You know, look, I'm not a religious guy, Um. I'm probably closer to Hindu than I am anything else in the sense that I believe in putting positive energy into the, the universe and, and hopefully it comes back to you. But um, I don't know if anything has really changed here. I, I don't know what happened with the floor. I don't know if it was wet or his, his ankle just gave out. But if you think about it, look at his Nets tenure. And this is something I'll, I'll say Knicks fans were telling me and was in the back of my head the whole time is every time Kevin Durant went down when he was in a Nets uniform, you were worried about how quickly he would get back up or when he would return back to the lineup. And that was always the thing, always the thing that you knew could undo a season, could undo the entire tenure 
was a, a Kevin Durant injury, which happened in back-to-back seasons. Go ahead and look at his, his uh, career profile right now. And obviously he didn't play his first year in Brooklyn, right? Because of the Achilles. That's a full year he didn't play. The next year he played in 35 games. The next year he played in 55 games. The next year, uh, which is this year, he's played in 42 games so far. So quick math in my head, that's about you know an average of 40 games a season, which is half of a season over the last three seasons. Max when he missed, contract. When he missed the season before that. So, you know, one of the things that undid the Nets, aside from the drama, is those guys were never on the court. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were hardly ever on the court together. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden were even more infrequently on the court together. And what started the downfall of of the whole Nets again this year was Kevin Durant going out. He comes back and he's with the Suns and he gets hurt. Um, Again, I hope he's okay. But it does, you know, it's very rational to make it, uh, let you view the the Suns trade even more positively. You know, I don't want to even. I, I I almost hesitate to jinx the whole Mikael Bridges thing <laughs> now that he's done it for so long. But Mikael Bridges is what twenty six has never missed a game. Is putting up KD level stats since he got to Brooklyn. Cam Johnson, damn good player. Four first round picks, including the Suns pick this year, which it's not out of the realm of possibility. Not likely. But it's not out of the realm of possibilities that that becomes a lottery pick. If the Suns spiral and free fall, go into the play-in, and lose and are eliminated in the play-in, that's a lottery pick. Not to mention the fact that you just referenced KD's age. This is, you know, I don't think it's uh, likely he's healthier as he gets older and or better as he gets older. And most of those draft picks are in the future on a team that's already relying on Chris Paul, who's damn near 40. So, as far as trades go, when you you can't judge a trade like that now. It's too early, and the the whole goal for the Suns is to win a championship. It's like you know you you could try to mock the Lakers for trading to, for Anthony Davis, but they won a championship. So really, that that's w- what it was about. If the Suns win a championship, they will consider the trade a win. That doesn't mean it's an L for the Nets. It could still be a, it could be a win win. But if you're just like taking an educated guess from what we've seen so far about how this is going to play out going forward, it it has the potential to be a lopsided win in the Nets' favor. Yeah, and look, like Keith said, nobody is, like, the Nets aren't, no, Nets fans aren't looking at KD getting hurt last night and him being out for an extended period of time as, like, good. You know, no one is, no one is personally rooting for his failure. Sean Marks is not rooting for KD's failure. He might be rooting for Kyrie's failure. I might be rooting for Kyrie's failure, but Sean Marks isn't rooting for KD's failure. But you have to look at trades and everything with this game in kind of an impersonal way, which I guess is the antithesis of everything Kyrie Irving says. But once again, I don't care. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving as well and James Harden as well could not stay on the floor. They couldn't play games for the Nets. And when you go all in on superstars, that means that your depth is not going to be good enough without those superstars to win games on their own. Not in a serious way. If Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were out for this Nets team before we make those trades, and when they were, we were not a team that was winning games. Not a team that's competing for a championship. Not a team that's competing, honestly, for an automatic guaranteed playoff spot. When you make that trade and you choose Mikhail Bridges, even if Mikhail Bridges... Let's let's take 10 points off his average points per game when he came to Brooklyn. Let's say he's putting up 17 
points or points per game, but he's doing that consistently every single game for the next four years. You have to take that because a player who is not on the floor is not worth anything from a basketball perspective. It's not worth anything from a basketball perspective. And I know people like to get on counting stats as, oh, well, you can't judge a player by, you know, how many, how many three pointers they hit. You got to judge it by the three point percentage, not, you know, not how many points they scored their point per game percentage, but you can't win games if players aren't on the floor. And when you're trying to evaluate this KD trade and the Nets, you know, new look Nets as a whole, you have to judge them by what the outcome is. And if the outcome is players playing and the team that you construct is Sean Marks playing games, then that's that's a better outcome than going all in on stars who only play half the time because you can't win like that. You just can't win like that. And if you want to be a Nets fan and you want to be happy, you have to look at the reality of the fact that for as good as that big three, big two, whatever could have been, could have won the championship, could have gone, could have been the greatest NBA dynasty of all time, but they didn't play together and they never played. And so you can't win games like that. And if you want to be happy as a Nets fan, you got to realize that because you can't, you can't be running on what ifs. And right now, if the Nets had kept KD, kept Kyrie, you'd be running on what ifs. And that's not a good way to do things. What I said has already come true. This will wear more on them than us. What I meant by that was, this will wear worse on them than it will wear on the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets are all right right now. The Brooklyn Nets won a couple games, are holding, future looks bright. I think it's calmed down as far as the you know chatter in New York about all oh, disaster and but whatever. They're still a playoff team right now. They've got talented guys right now. And when you look over at you know the fortunes of the two guys that forced their way out, one is hurt right now. And the fans of that team that he's on are talking about basketball gods and why do we not deserve nice? Oh, that sounds familiar. And now we'll speak on the other one who hit the detonate button and blew this whole thing up. Last night, a fan was yelling something to Kyrie and he went back and forth with the fan. This fan was definitely drunk, dumb, but uh, Kyrie said something about Imagine a fan telling me how to play basketball. Do we have that video, Alex? Not like fans telling me how to play basketball. How does that make sense? You want me to tell you how to post on Amazon? You want me to tell you how to post on Amazon? Why not going to tell me how to play basketball? You want me to tell you about Amazon post? Not like fans telling me how to play basketball. So... I say that this fan was clearly drunk because he's yelling at Kyrie, want me to tell you how to post on Amazon? I never posted a damn thing on Amazon. You can't do that unless you're a seller, unless you're a retailer. But this drunk idiot was basically saying, like, you want me to tell you how to not post a link from Amazon to your Twitter? And obviously he's not clever and quick-witted enough. If you're going to yell at the players, you got to be better than that. But Kyrie, I think that last night, that interaction – inspired his twitch live which i didn't see live but i woke up this morning and i see bro moving his hands and burning incense and talking about three hours and teslas and what gambling has done to basketball and how you think you know me there's 15 guys on the team man alex unload all the videos that you have if you have one if you have two if you have three from Kyrie's twitch live last night because Kyrie is smarter than all of us. 
he had to sit down in an empty room and talk to randoms on Twitch to educate and enlighten the world last night. Gentlemen and women keep my name in their mouths every day. For three hours and you think you know who I am. You see a few posts. Oh, Kai's woke. Kai got it. Oh, oh, Kai is, oh my goodness, he just, he just doesn't fit into the mold of all of the other people. And then, man, he's different. He's crazy. He's arrogant. He's this. He's that. He's this. All from seeing me from three hours. You get all that. Kai, well, what's Kai gonna do this summer? Does Kai like Dallas? What happened in Brooklyn? What happened in Boston? What happened in Cleveland? Why did you leave LeBron? Why did you leave Jason? Why did you leave Katie? Why did you leave all these people? We'd like For to know. Hours. Get to ask all these legitimate questions. As if 21 hours every day wasn't happening after that. Me. You would think that I'm the cancer in the locker room as if basketball is an individual sport that one person is supposed to take blame for. It's 15 guys on the team, and I'm, and I'm the one cancer in the room. That's what it's portrayed as. That's what, that's what you guys get. That's, that's what they have fun doing. That's what, why, why these older, bitter gentlemen and women keep my name in their mouths every day. For three hours, and you think you know who I am. Okay, so... <laughs> I wish it was three hours. Trust Honestly, me. If it was just me. the basketball games, who would be complaining? I really don't want to spend too much time on this, but it has to be talked about because now this, imagine if he did this in a Nets uniform, right? Imagine if this was happening in Brooklyn right now. It'd be a much bigger story, but it'd be like, oh, come on, bro. This guy had so many things to say. He also added, how can I be at peace when there are people, my people enslaved how am I free if I know my people aren't free in Africa? How am I free if I'm not, I know my indigenous people are not free in Australia? How am I free if I know kids are still working on the cobalt mines in the Congo, making Teslas? <laughs> That's who he's guys, playing for. I'll let you guys go for you. Uh, well, Robin, you look like you're about to burst a, a vein. No, no I, I really don't care. I, I, I mean, when I say that, I, I mean that in all sincerity. I don't care. I, I, I don't know... Um, you know, if he was filming on an iPhone there or what he knew about his Nike deal and where his shoes might have been made at, at that point in time. And I, I honestly hope the guy's OK. When I see that, I get concerned. I get concerned by his mannerisms and his delivery, like the way he's speaking there with the incense. But it like gives off like super villain vibes, you know, like there there's. Uh, he's a basketball player. <laughs> I, 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 well, as a human being, I'm con I'm always concerned for anybody who might be going through something, and I'm, I don't know anything. I'm not going to speculate on Kyrie, um, but I'll just leave it at that. I'm, I'm concerned about Kyrie. Uh, but beyond that, I, I'm not concerned at all because I don't care. Uh, the KD thing is relevant to the Nets. You know, the, the KD thing is relevant to the Nets. The Suns trade happened. Um, obviously, KD was under contract longer than Kyrie. We all figured Kyrie was going to be gone. Um, and, and the Kyrie trade has paid some dividends, by the way. Uh, recently with with Spencer Dinwiddie's playing much better Dorian Finney-Smith has at least hit a, a couple of his threes <laughs> in recent games rather than missing all of them so those guys have been contributors but the, the Kevin Durant trade is more significant because KD was under contract for however many years it is with another three years after this Bridges is the guy that KD was traded for all the 
pick first round picks other than the one from Dallas come from the Phoenix trade and the, the Nets have the, the Suns trade this season. So the, the KD thing is is relevant to the Nets. Kyrie's not relevant to the Nets anymore. Um, and and I, I really, I, I honestly, I, I don't care about him and what's going on uh, there. I, I, I guess you there is that, I, I'm not going to say there isn't a part of you that gets a wry smile when you see the, the Mavericks spiraling in the standings, but but other than that, whatever. I get a smile. I enjoy it. I, I enjoy it. I'm, I'm tickled not, by this. I'm tickled by it. But uh, honestly, <laughs> the, the video that I feel like is the most embarrassing out of all of this, this whole thing is him talking back to the drunk heckler. What Kyrie, you have played like, has he played more than a thousand NBA? Games? He's played a lot of NBA games. Has he not? Like, he, there's these, there are hecklers that talk to Kyrie, Katie, every player in the NBA every night. And he chooses this one guy, this one drunk guy who's heckling him and isn't like, I'll show you what I can do and hits a three in his face, something cool like maybe Kobe would have done. But he like attacks the basis of this guy's ability to criticize him. It's just it just doesn't make too much sense to me. It doesn't make too much sense to me. And it's and Robin, you you pointed out some valid concerns for his mental health. It seems to me, it seems to me that the non-basketball things, whatever they are in his head, are rapidly, rapidly overtaking the basketball considerations. And that is if it's his prerogative to do that, if it's his choice, then that's fine. That's fine. I'm glad I don't have to deal with it as a Nets fan, as a Nets basketball podcaster. But for me, it, it, it just feels like over the years we have seen him fade away from basketball. And now it only seems as if he cares about the narratives. Is anyone still talking about Kyrie? Really? Is anyone still saying that he's a cancer in the locker room? Really? I mean, at this point, who is he responding to? Well, I, I mean, I do think there was a a propensity or a penchant, if you will, during his time in Brooklyn. I noticed when people weren't talking about Kyrie to do something to make people Bingo. talk about Kyrie. That's exactly what it is. So have you ever been to Dallas, Texas? Either one of you ever gone to? T- yeah. I went to out- the Super Bowl there. Okay. Outside of going to Jerry World and outside of going to the sporting events, it's Texas, bro. Yeah. Like there's just highways and it's like farms and like, I don't know, barbecue and cowboy hats and Whataburger. It is not like it is around here as far as like many things to do, many things going on. When Kyrie talks about that three hours, yeah, that's the only three hours that like you matter, bro. And unfortunately, Luca gets hurt last night and I think he's fine. I think Woj just put out that, you know, he's going to return. But things haven't gone that great so far in Dallas. I think they've only won four games. Yeah, I think they're four and six. Since the trade. And so now you're starting to hear some things. And Kyrie himself was the first one to say, let's keep it a basketball. Let's not, let's not talk about other things. Let's not talk about my future. Let's, he asked the media if they could keep it a basketball. But for some reason last night, you know, you can't, you can't control him. You can't hijack his voice. Instead of going Instagram live like he used to do when he was over here with us, he went Twitch live and uh, gave people some stuff to think about, which for me, I look at Kyrie and I'm just like, bro, retire. Go fight the fight. Go go save the world. Retire and go be what you really want to be. And like Robin's saying, it is kind of concerning because he's talking about you think you know me. Like when, when someone's doing all that, 
there there there's something going on there's there's something going on so uh i've got nothing else on the Kyrie front uh the last thing in the notes or we got two more things in the notes going back to um the game tonight we're facing the bucks and i'm slightly disappointed because last time we faced the bucks in brooklyn we battled with them until that terrible end to the third quarter and it was shot after that but we were up by 10 first half so i was ready to run it back in Pfizer forum now that these guys have practiced and gelled more and this is a day that the Brooklyn Nets organization circled and said, hey, this is the number one team in the East. We're going to rest Nick Claxton. He's got a thumb sprain, Achilles, whatever, Cam Johnson, right knee soreness. Royce O'Neal, left knee soreness. Ben Simmons, my neck, my back, my neck, and my back. Left knee and back soreness. And uh, also Spencer Dinwiddie is added into that. And... Um, you know, for a while, D. Rose was known as general soreness. All this soreness, everybody's sore. That's what I said on the radio last night. Everybody's sore. If you exist, like, sometimes my left toe hurts. I, like, I think I have a, a problem with my, like, shoe size. I need wider shoes. So I have foot soreness, but I have to go to work still. I have to drive. I have to walk around. Uh, this is load managing. This is scheduled. And uh, if they lose this game tonight, they clearly don't care. Giannis is not going to play. I'm still pumped up to watch the game. Cam time. Ain't shit funny time. Let's see it, Cam. Here you go. Mikael Bridges is uh, Iron Man. He said, no, 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 you're not. No, I don't need any rest. You're not putting me on that list. I got a streak. Keep my streak going. So you expect to see Nerlens Noel get a start? Who else? I'm like rounding out. Oh, Ed- Edmund Sumner. It he- might be Sumner Thomas. Back? Is he, is he yeah, he's back? back? Yeah. There you go. So Edmund Sumner, Cam Thomas, Mikael Bridges. Dorian Finney-Smith Finney and Nerlens Noel, most likely you're starting five tonight if we guess. With Yuta Watanabe playing backup center would be my guess. Uh, you know, and, and that that leads into a, the premium chat we missed earlier in the show from D-Rock, who says, speaking of roster construction, why small ball? Uh, I would say the small ball was a, a thought process around um, spreading the floor for Katie and Kyrie. It's hard to tell exactly what the, the process of this roster is going to be with, without an offseason, but I wouldn't consider the Nets – they're not like very bulky, but I, I wouldn't consider the Nets a small team right now. When you when you throw out Dorian Finney-Smith and Mikael Bridges uh, and Royce O'Neal on the wing with Noel with uh, Claxton, if Ben Simmons is in the the rotation at some point, another big guy. So I don't I don't know how small they are. Uh, I, I think Jacques Vaughn alluded to what was going to happen earlier in the week when he was asked about Cam Thomas, and he said, you know, he could play thirty minutes in the next game. He probably knew. It's a bummer about the state of the league that this happens, but it is par for the course. And it, it seems to me the strategy is they got a back-to-back. They're going to rest people in, in this back-to-back. They looked at the back-to-back and they said, all right, in Milwaukee or in Minnesota, in Minnesota maybe is the, the game we have the better chance to win. And, and they decided to do it in Milwaukee. But then the, the Giannis uh, variable comes into to play, which makes it more of a winnable game than it looked like before. I could see... I could see Cam Thomas doing his thing again, like we, he did against the Pacers a while back, getting that win. You know, in, in one of those rest games. Uh, honestly, obviously Giannis going out is probably honestly in response to the Nets showing that they were going to load manage in this game. It's kind of an unfortunate thing that we have to talk about. But if you're the Nets and you're looking at, we have to win as many games as we possibly can, not just to try to catch the Knicks, who are only one game ahead of us right now, but also to keep the three games behind us. Uh, seven seed heat, uh, you know, at bay, it makes sense to look at it and say, okay, we're doing everything we can to fight to stay out of the play in. 
we got two games here. We could put up a good fight against the Bucks, but even fully healthy, we might not be able to beat him. And then we'll be too tired going into a game against a good mini team. I, I understand it. It's unfortunate. I'll be excited to watch Nerlens Noel tonight. He he showed some interesting signs, kind of like Jacques Vaughn was looking for uh, in the game against the Rockets. I think he's going to have to get much more run tonight, so that'll be interesting to see. You know, it's not a wash, definitely, the way some people said it was before Giannis got ruled out. It'll be interesting to watch. It'll also be interesting to see Cam Thomas if he is going to bounce back from going seven-minute, seven-minute DMP or if he's going to regress a little bit. We'll see what happens there. Um if you're a Nets fan, there's a lot of reasons to watch this game. Um, and I think actually we could pull out a win here because it really is impossible to overstate Giannis's importance, not just, you know, in on a game to game basis, but just for the whole character of the team, uh, that Bucks team, the way they play. All right. Um, I know you guys might have to run. Hudson might have to run Robin. Um, we have five voicemails. I haven't screened them, but if you guys got to go, I can bring it home. Nah, run them through. Uh, let's start it. The last thing in the notes is that Ben Simmons just listed his Los Angeles home for $20 million. So, I don't know. Just figure out a way to get him the fuck out of Brooklyn. <laughs> I don't care. Just figure out a way to get him out of yeah, here. Yeah, I'm definitely not talking about Ben Simmons off-the-court highlights. That's... <laughs> uh, it would have been funnier if you just, like, ended your video and, and left. <laughs> All right, first voicemail. This is Greg Curdle. Uh, again, just keep doing what y'all are doing. And I think the Nets, I'll be surprised if the Brooklyn Nets can and will win against the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, if anything, reality is they'll be two and two on the road. Other than that, you know, just keep doing what y'all are doing. Uh, let's go Nets. And, and what's y'all take on the referee that is this by Fred Van Vliet? Because it may sound funny, but this is serious. The NBA referees today remind me of Tim Donaghy's. And if the NBA don't do something about replacing the referees and have a referee that is fair and balanced, I don't think the NBA is going to have a future down the road. So uh, I'm glad Fred Van Vliet speaks his mind. Something needs to be done with the referees because they cannot call false call games and us playing hard earning money tickets to watch the, our teams losing because of the refs. Look what happened last year against the Celtics. I think referees played a part, so plan needs to be done. Let's go Nets. I haven't watched tape on that particular referee. I, I would say that the refs have a tough job. Uh, it, it's a really tough sport to officiate, especially nowadays. There's so many possessions. And then it's I, – I think they need to take a look at how they, they officiate the games just period because one of my biggest issues as a whole is – there are a lot of guys who are now attempting to draw shooting fouls without attempting to shoot. And, and I think that needs to, there needs to be a, a penalty against that where if you're going to, it's one thing to draw a foul in the act of shooting. It's another thing to try and, and deceive and get a shot out of a, a play without ever intending. To do you shoot think the they ball. should, they should do flop warnings for well, that I, kind of a, I, I think it should be a turnover. If you, if you, if you try to draw a shooting foul, Without uh, attempting to shoot the ball, it's a, it's a turnover. And then there's also, you know, it, it's tough because of how ticky-tack jump shooting is officiated, which, which puts the ref in a, a tough spot. And then guys are chirping at them every play up and down the court. So I actually feel bad for the refs. All right, quickly for people that don't, don't know or might have missed this, uh, last night the Raptors 
Um, they lost to the Clippers, and uh, the Raptors were called for 23 fouls to the Clippers' 18, but uh, L.A. had 31 free throw attempts compared to 14 for Toronto. Uh, Fred was whistled for a technical foul by Taylor with seven minutes remaining in the third quarter, and the Clippers were up by seven. So then in the post game, he goes on to say, I don't mind. I'll take a fine. I don't really care. I thought Ben Taylor was fucking terrible tonight. I think that on most nights, you know, out of the three officials, there's one or two that just fucked the game up. It's been like that a couple games in a row. And losing on Monday at Denver was tough, obviously. You come out tonight competing pretty hard, and I get a bullshit tech that changes the whole dynamic of the game, changes the whole flow of the game. Most of the refs are trying hard. I like a lot of the refs. They're trying hard. They're pretty fair and communicate well. And then you got the other ones who just don't want to be dicks and just kind of fuck the game up, and no one's coming to see that shit. They come to see the players. So that's the exact quote from Fred Van Vliet. I loved it. I'm, I'm like, if that's how you feel, say how you feel after the game because that's basketball stuff. They're asking you questions about the game. If that's how you feel about the game, that's intel that we don't get watching the game. We can't necessarily see that. You can see a little bit of it. And what I'll say is we all watch these games. There's been multiple Nets games this year where I'm like, these refs have fucked the game up in the first quarter. Right? Remember that Philly game? Uh, KD was tweeting, this game's going to go to midnight. We're like, what the fuck? What's going on? They, they will figure it out. Every year we're seeing changes to the NBA officiating. There will be some more changes next year. But it is what it is. Like Robin said, these guys have a hard job. Um, a lot of times these guys are in awe. I always laugh. I follow the snitch ref, and snitch ref has every carry and walk that goes on in the NBA. And a lot of times I'm just like, damn, these refs are, are literally watching the game from the best seat in the house. Yo, what's up, fellas? Yo, listen, man. Great show, Keith. Hudson, um, St. Robin, hey, everybody, you guys do a great job over there. Real quick, uh, I, that, I don't believe that Cam Thomas is going to be part of the future. I believe we're going to trade him on draft night for a first-round pick. How Exactly how high of a pick do you think we can get for Cam Thomas? So that's my question. Mm-hmm. How high of a pick in this upcoming draft do you think we can get for Cam? Um, it's not that I don't love his talent. I do, but there's something going on, and I don't think he's part of the future. So just want to get your feedback. Peace we can – Keep up the good work. We can get a first round pick for Cam Thomas. I think so. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I think like on a team like the Rockets or the Thunder, who just have a glut of them, especially the Thunder, who has a glut of them. You know, I mean, why not? If you're a team like that, why not take a flyer on Cam Thomas? Well, we need to we need to improve his value tonight. We need to keep his stock high tonight. Cam also could be used as part of a larger package. So who knows what they're exactly they're going to do. I I said at the beginning of the year before those Cam Thomas breakout games, he always seemed like somebody that needed to be on the Orlando Magic, right? One one of these teams, the the Detroit Pistons, where he's going to get to play 30 plus minutes a night and and shoot the ball a bunch. Um, You know, I don't know exactly where his value is, but I think there's he showed enough tantalizing ability where it's it's not nothing. Yeah, he's certainly worth a lot more than we paid for him. You know, a late round, a late first round pick. I think he's worth a lot more than we paid for him. Honestly, at this point, and I, there's nothing really for me to in, infer from anything we've seen other than just the way he has been in the last couple of games. A lot of people are saying that there's got to be something behind the scenes. There has to be something behind the scenes where there, there's got to be something going on. Honestly, I don't know. I, I just don't know if the Nets... Not that they don't need it, but that the Nets are in a position where they want another ball dominant ball like ball handler. Because at this point, you got 
Spencer Dinwiddie, you have Mikhail Bridges who are going to be demanding and have just earned, earned the, the ability to demand the lion's share of the ball. You know, what, what do you do with him? And the Nets are on this three game winning streak with him playing limited minutes. And you got to kind of look at wins results. Like Jacques Vaughn was saying, 40 points in a loss is great for a player, but not for a team. Yeah. Uh, in the chat, S Raya 15 is, is thinking exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, Cam alone. I've been thinking for a while. The only way to get Ben out of here is to put Cam in the deal. And S. Raya said, might have to send Cam and a pick to get rid of Ben. Shake my head. Okay, Especially because the kind of team that can take on Ben Simmons' contract is going to be interested in a Cam Thomas. So, I don't know. I, I just don't look at Cam Thomas as a player that you can trade straight up for a first-round pick. But what do I know? Maybe. Um, we'll see what he does tonight. Let's go, Cam. Drop 40. Yo, what up, talking Nets? This is your boy, Rahala. Yo, listen, real quick. I just got two things to say. One, the Nets, they mopped the floors way better than Phoenix. That's one. Two, KD never wanted to leave Brooklyn to begin with until uh, Kyrie detonated the whole place. But whatever, that's over with. And three, Kyrie's still moping around now on the IG or whatever the hell he's doing. Glad he's not with the Nets no more. Got to deal with his of barbarian uh, ideas and, 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 and posts and whatever. The point is, I'm loving the Nets right now, man. Let's keep it going. Let's keep the good vibes going. And the Kel Bridges plays every day. Have a good day, fellas. Hey, re, That's re, a 10 out of 10. Rehaul is in the Rehala's chat. Shout out to That's a 10 out of 10 voicemail. That's a 10 out of 10 voicemail. Hit all the notes. That was great. KD, again, I hope he's okay. But I, I am a little tired of the idea he didn't want to leave the Nets. Uh, he, he, he asked for a trade in the summer. And then yeah. as he soon wanted as Kyrie... to finish this season, I think, but he was ready to move on. And, from and, the net. and he was attached to Kyrie, whatever Kyrie was doing, you know, whether they're friends or not still, as soon as Kyrie wanted out, he wanted out. So I, I, I'm not sitting here uh, with crocodile tears for the idea of, you know, Oh, the, this guy who wanted to be a net so bad is, is gone. I yeah. Mean... Maybe, maybe he didn't want to be a net, but he wanted to play on a team that was going to win a championship <laughs> with, you know, him helping more, you know? I'm looking at the transcript. Did you say Kyrie's ideas were barbarian? <laughs> that Kyrie's gonna get you're gonna get your own post. Well, no, they're indi- they're, indi- they're indigenous, not by barbarian. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'll have tears in my eyes. I'm reading the transcript, trying to see. Can we post a screenshot? Said, Can we post a screenshot of the transcript? That's so good. Kyrie and his barbarian talk. <laughs> All right, yo. Uh, next voicemail, man. <laughs> He's like, we have to deal with Kyrie going live with his barbarian. <laughs> yeah, hey, Keith, this is Christian Jersey. Uh, now that Sean March is back, uh, we know that he's going to be the GM of the future, and we pretty much identified the core players that we want to keep. Uh, you see, what, 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 who do you see, what position do you see us going after, you know, in the offseason? I'm thinking point guard. And if we do, I want to see if Trey Young is available, Lamelo Ball, Zach Levine, you know, an all-star caliber player. What do you think? Yeah, that's a good place to start. And I, I wanted to shout out Spencer Dinwiddie for the job that he's been doing during these last three wins. And Nick Claxton on the boards. He's had 12, 12, and 13 rebounds. But those are the two positions, right? I think you still need a point guard. If you can get a star, I know people are talking about Trey Young or Damian Lillard. I don't think either one of them. And then a backup center, another center, maybe somebody that's a little, you know, beefier, a little more brolic, a little bigger than um, pause than uh, Nick Claxton. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think a dynamic guard. 
uh, is is probably the number one need, a dynamic guard. Uh, look, I'd love Damian Lillard, but he's uh, getting older, and, and what you'd have to trade to get him, same thing with Trey Young, what you'd have to trade to get him. I love the idea of Shea Gilgis-Alexander, uh, right? But uh, again, I, I don't know if the Thunder just want to let him go. So <laughs> I don't know what exactly is going to happen. People didn't think Jalen Brunson was the answer for the Knicks a year ago. So uh, there, there are guys waiting in the wings. People didn't know what Mikhail Bridges was either. But as far as a a um a need, I, I I'm not going to say a specific guy and say it's got to be this guy, but I, I would say a, a dynamic guard. Yeah, I mean when you look at the Nets, right? If you think Nick Claxton is a star, that's your star big man. If you think Mikael Bridges is a star, that's your star star small forward, you know, wing type player. That just leaves point guard, shooting guard, right? So a two way point guard would be great. Uh, if if SGA is available, I will. I will pay whatever um, whatever it takes. Not my money to get SGA on the Nets. He's awesome. All right, last voicemail, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Alex, check your text. I just messaged you in the chat. <clears throat> last voicemail. Let's see. Will it play? Will it play? Will it play? Yo, what up, Keith? What up, talking Nets? Yo, listen, this big fan, Breezy, and I'm Breezy in like the chat. Thomas gonna have a good night. Us having this three game win, going into the Buck game with the momentum. I feel focus i feel like we are building the culture around the coach opposed to superstar free agents who didn't prove loyalty to nobody before they got here hold on let me slow it down we're doing the right thing by getting spencer dingwitty back joe harris and i contribute joe harris playing well because spencer is back i think the coach is coming back you might even get the bench mall back i mean it's a good time to be a nets fan listen I think Kim Thomas going to have a great night. I'm saying 30-plus. I'll take it there. As Ed's come to play, we definitely winning. I'm confident going into tonight's game. I know I want to make this short and sweet. So, again, shout out to Talking Nets. I'm a fan of the show. Let's get this win tonight. Peace. Big fan, Breezy. Appreciate you. Where you at in the chat? I know I saw you in the chat earlier. He might might have uh, dipped out. But, yeah, I, I'm confident that the Nets can contend tonight. Like, they can – compete tonight that they will be challenging the bucks without Giannis tonight i'm not saying they're gonna win because these guys are like think about it you've got guys like nerland's noel playing his second game these guys are now playing without pieces that have been in there spencer dinwiddie's been the point guard he's not gonna be in there um cam johnson we're missing one of the twins royce coming off the bench has been pretty big but um you know it it is what it is to win though right that'd be a big flip Right. Could put us. I mean, obviously it gives us the four game win streak with a, a well-rested team against uh, the T-Wolves. I mean, if we could win, I'm not saying that I think that we're going to. I, I would put my money on no. But if we could win, that'd be a huge boost. That'd be a huge boost for us going forward. Yeah, I think it's just about um, doing OK on this stretch of road games here. I think that's the most do make it through this road trip doing OK. Uh, the, the, the schedule softens up towards the end of the season. Up three games on Miami right now. So there is a little bit of a cushion, not not a crazy cushion, but a little bit of a cushion. And so I think if they if they emerge unscathed from this next next stretch of what is it, four games, then they'll be in position to hold six. All right, folks, that's all we got. Hit like if you're in the chat. Subscribe if you're not already subscribed. <laughs> hey, put that, throw that back up. So here's the transcript. <laughs> Reholla called in. He said Kyrie's still moping around now. And on IG and whatever the hell he doing, glad he's not with the Nets no more. <laughs> Got to deal with his barbarian idea. <laughs> <laughs> I have 
No idea what that means, but I love it. <laughs> I'm gonna use that. That's a bar right there. <laughs> Barbarian idea. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. Oh shit, that one tickled me, bro. I'm not even kidding. Like I teared up laughing when I heard him say. Kyrie. I never heard anybody refer to Kyrie as a barbarian <laughs> or, or his thoughts being barbaric. <laughs> all right, yo, that's all we got. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll be back next week with a couple new episodes. Make sure you like the pod, subscribe, and follow us on social media. Let's go, Nets. Let's go, Nets. Brooklyn.